This is amazing. And by amazing, I mean lowercase a and then M-A-Z-I-N-G. I have really short hair. Military cut. I have never been in the military. Thank you, military people, for all your support you've done for this country. But I have really, really short hair. And I always thought it was impossible to screw up a haircut that is so short that you're, you're just you're taking a razor over it and the hair goes everywhere. But it actually happened. The girl who cut my hair, I won't tell you the place I got it cut in. I'm not even sure if I could. CBW Productions would allow that. But the girl who cut my hair actually screwed it up. And I left, and I, I don't know if you've ever had this happen. Probably if you have more hair, you've had it happen. But it just doesn't feel right. So if you get your hair cut and you have no hair and it doesn't feel right, and every time you touch it, you just cringe, well, yeah. That's how you screw up a very, very short haircut. So that girl done. I will not be going to her. In fact, I don't even think I'm going to be going back to the place that I go to. (laughs) Hello. Yes, it is me. I'm Jeff Stritch. This is Strictly Stritch in Time. If you're listening on some kind of device, your phone, your car, your computer, hey, thank you for letting me, letting my voice come through your speakers. Always a privilege and a pleasure to be bringing you this podcast. We are doing so on Friday, October 2nd, 2020. Again, for posterity's sake, what the heck? If something were to happen to me and people wanted to listen to this, they'll say, well, let's listen to October 2nd, 2020. Let's see what he had to say. So since I haven't completed the program yet, let's let's both of us, let's all of us, hear what I have to say on this Friday, October 2nd, 2020. I'm broadcasting from Cleveland, Ohio. We start with a, with a couple current events, current events that were going on at this time or this past week. I mentioned something else, and then we roll in to the main topic of the program. So this past Tuesday, that would be Tuesday, September 29th, there was a presidential debate. It took place here in Cleveland, Ohio. Now, just bear with me. I don't like to talk about politics. And if I do, there is a intended joke that comes out of anything political that I discuss. So there was a presidential debate here in Cleveland this past Tuesday, President Donald Trump and Democratic, Democratic candidate, former Vice President Joe Biden. Now, if you missed the debate, if you were stuck on a 
desert island, some deserted island somewhere, if you were in a cave and you had no no access to social media, let me, I will summarize what happened in this debate. And here's I'm, how I'm going to summarize it. Ready? Just get your spouse, get a friend, get a total stranger, argue with them. Argue with them for however many minutes the debate was. That summarizes the first presidential debate this past Tuesday. I, I, I could not even watch it after the first two minutes. I try to be topical, keep abreast of the situations, especially during an election year. And I just said, I got to stop. They're just talking over each other. If I want to hear talking over each other and people, you know, insulting each other, I will talk to my ex-wife. Yeah, that the, anytime I do that, I, I will be insulted and talked over. <laughs> the next thing of interest current event-wise, I was thinking there's something that, you know, I want to keep it entertainment-wise after that. Marvel Studios continues to launch and continue to take us into the future, not only with their characters, but the diversity of the characters. If you were unaware, there is a character, Kamala Khan is the human name of the character. Well, that is the name of the character. Now, the character becomes Ms. Marvel. That's capital M, lowercase s, dot, and then Marvel. Sound familiar? Yes. The individual, Kamala Khan is a big fan of Captain Marvel, played by, of course, celebrity favorite love of mine, Brie Larson. So Kamala Khan's character, Ms. Marvel's, is fan of Captain Marvel. That's how they get the name. Now, what does this character do? Shape-shifting. Heals faster than, I guess, most superheroes. Why is this important? Because Marvel Studios has announced that they will be making this character, putting her on the big screen. And she will be played by Iman Balani. Now, that's right. Now, the character first appeared in 2014 as Marvel's first Muslim character to star in her own title, and she will become Marvel Studios' first on-screen Muslim hero. So kudos to Marvel Studios. They keep you know, rolling out heroes that have superheroes that have been in the comics. And of course, we're going, we're going the route of diversity and there's nothing wrong with that because you know what, when you're watching a film and you don't even think about the diversity factor, am I right? If the movie's good and the character is enjoyable to watch, diversity is out the window. It doesn't matter, color, creed, whatever. I don't need to cover all my bases every time you get the general idea that diversity is the key, but it's the movie. A bad movie is a bad movie, no matter who stars in it. A good movie is a good movie. 
no matter who stars in it. So hats off to Marvel. Iman Vellani, a relative unknown from Canada, will play the character of Kamala Khan, who becomes Ms. Marvel. Now, I didn't do in-depth research on this. I don't know what if she's going to be a part of this phase or the next phase of Marvel Comics. So we will wait and see. Always exciting when a Marvel movie comes out. Marvel superhero film. I didn't I remember reading about Doctor Strange when I read comics way back, way back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. I was reading, you know, on stone tablets. I was reading the comics. And I thought, Doctor Strange, this is, you know, I don't know much about the character. So when the film came out starring Benedict Cumberbatch, I watched it once. I was, eh, and then I watched it again, and I said, this is really good. And, of course, they make the film character as close as the comic book character. I think you get the general idea. LeBron James. Yes. Have you ever heard of LeBron James? Of course you have. Sports-wise, he was drafted by the local hometown Cleveland Cavaliers, made the Cavs into a powerhouse, and then he left, signed a free agent contract with the Miami Heat. Big, big upheaval here in Cleveland. People burning his jersey. Owner Dan Gilbert spewing venom in a letter that was in the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com, all over social media nationally. How he know LeBron this, he's a traitor, LeBron that. Well, I'm sure you know the story. Guess what LeBron did? He came back when his contract ended at Miami, and lo and behold, the love affair returned. And then he did what he wanted to do when he returned to Cleveland brought this city a world championship as they beat Golden State in seven games. Now, LeBron, you love him if he's a favorite. If you like him as a in, as a player or you like the Cavs, you love him. If he's on another team, you're, you're probably disgusted and you think, all I see is LeBron. LeBron this, LeBron that. You know, a lot of people say that he runs the NBA. Well, there's a there's a saying. It actually was in, I first heard about it in the um, second Batman film starring Christian Bale. That would be The Dark Knight, the one he ledger plays. The Joker in. Well, there's a, a line that goes like this. Quote, you either die a, a hero or you live long enough to become the villain, unquote. So LeBron, who made himself into a villain, at least in the eyes of Clevelanders and a lot of people nationally, but remember, it's his decision to do what he wants to do. If you get offered $300 million, you got to do what's right for your family. You're not going to do what's right for any individual fan. You got to do what's right for yourself. That's, there's nothing selfish about that. There's nothing selfish at all. So he brought the Cavs a championship, then he returned. Actually, he went to L.A. Now, his transformation as a 
villain than a hero here in Cleveland. His work here was done. And he's in L.A. And at the present time, he's leading the Lakers um, in the NBA championship. They won game one the other night. They pounded his old team, the Miami Heat. And I'm sure that they will win the championship, that being the Lakers, because the Heat has a now two or three main players with injuries. Knock on wood. I'm just, I don't like either team. I'm a huge basketball fan. I played in high school. I played in college. So I just sit back and watch. So I think the Lakers will win. Now LeBron, he's, when you get to the end of your career, you're looking ahead. Well, I got to give him credit. The things that he has done, of course, he's done them for himself, but this came up that Universal Pictures will have first dibs on film projects produced by LeBron James and Maverick Carter's The Spring Hill Company. The four-year deal includes three projects currently in various stages of development, including a biopic based on James and Buzz Bissinger's book, Shooting Stars, about the basketball star's days at St. Vincent St. Mary High School. That's in Akron, Ohio. LeBron Maverick and the team at Springville are content creators with a purpose, and we're excited to partner with filmmakers who challenge us to tell stories that move culture forward, said Universal Filmed Entertainment Group. That would be Donna Langley said that in a news release. So LeBron continuing to give to the community. If you think this is the first time that he has given back to the community, well, you'll be wrong. You might not be aware of this if you live outside of the Northeast Ohio area, Akron, about 40 minutes south of Cleveland, if you, you don't want to pull out a map. And it's Akron considered part of Northeast Ohio, so I'm including that in the geographic portion of what I'm saying. Well, LeBron also founded the I Promise School, IPS, a public elementary school in Akron, which opened in 2018. It's supported by the LeBron James Family Foundation. It's specifically aimed at at-risk children. Opening with students attending grades three and four, the school will be fully operational by 2020, eventually teaching grades one through eight. He has done a marvelous job with the I Promise School, providing computers, of course, the school itself. So at this point, he's at the tail end of his NBA career, already has been looking ahead to what he's going to do his post playing career. Of course, he'll be in movies, probably star in a couple. He has his Spring Hill company. It will be part of Universal Pictures. So I tip my hat to LeBron James. What he has done on the floor as a player, he will go down as one of the greatest NBA players in history. The best, that's up for debate. But what he has given back, and not just to Cleveland winning a NBA championship bringing the city its first championship since 1964. But what he has done off the court, it's just as impressive. So if you're going to malign him at this stage of his career, well, 
you know what? You die a hero or live long enough to become the villain. Well, sometimes that always, you don't always follow that because if you live long enough, you give back and you're still a hero. My main topic for today, and last week it was when I recorded my episode last week, it had to do with dating sites, online dating. And you know, if you listen to it, I don't know your opinion of it. Hopefully you liked it. Um, the title of the episode was, um, you're listening to this, you can name the episode. So if you'd like to go back and listen to that. So when I was choosing the subject for today, did all kinds of research and I was going to do it about marriage. And then literally an hour before I recorded this, I remembered, no, I don't think that's, we're going to do those two subjects back to back because I could have done them as one subject. I'll, I'll sum it up this way. Marriage is a lot like going to Mexico. Getting in isn't the problem. Getting out is. So I shelved the subject of matrimony. Did it once. Don't know if I'll do it again. If I do it again, I'm sure it will be full of surprises. You think you trust somebody, you don't. I'm sure those things happen to others, other people. If you're listening, you're probably nodding your head going, yeah, that's happened to me, somebody cheating. So marriage, no. And I thought about a subject <laughs> that always is around me. I don't mean like air and nature and family. Automobiles. The luck I have had with automobiles is absolutely astoundingly bad. Here's a stat when I start talking about cars. These are the only numbers I'm going to throw out to you. Last year, that would be 2019, approximately 2.5 million automobiles were made here in the United States of America. That's it. That's the only number you're going to get because we all have car stories. Boy, oh boy. If you want to do, well, I guess it's not virtually because you can't see me. You can hear me. So if you'd like to kick back and have a drink, I will picture you having some kind of adult or non-adult drink. Cars with me. It's been a major headache. I've had, well, because of a situation, I had to use a rental car the past two weeks. It wasn't even my car that was in the shop. Well, got the use of my own car back two days ago and then had to take that in. So I'm driving a loaner from my dealership. It's not my dealership. I don't own it, but it's the, you know, the car dealership. And I got to thinking, what a what a topic to talk about as I'm driving in my. It's a nice it's a nice loaner. I'm not going to complain about that. Well, 
I get to thinking every time I'm in a automobile that's not mine, and even when I'm in an automobile that's mine, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you some stories about the luck that I've had with cars. You're gonna agree with me, or if you've if every car that you've ever driven in your life has functioned properly and been great for you, well, guess what? You're you're probably dreaming. You're you've probably been hallucinating the whole time and realizing that yeah, that's that's not the way it works. Cars are built to last. Never happens. At least not for me. I I can't speak for everybody else. First car I had, don't even remember the year, might have been 86. That's 1986, not 1886. I would have been in the covered wagon. But I had a Ford Escort at that time. You think it's great. Well, then it's it's a lemon. And you realize after that that the improvements that they made on the car, I no longer had that car. It, it was a huge, huge seller after they made the improvements. You get a car, and they they do all this research. They talk to people. They make you fill out cards. At that time, I, I think you could maybe, eh, I don't know. I think you just had to talk to the dealership and say, well, the car needs this, the car needs that. So I get rid of this Ford Escort. Literally, I pay it off and done. Doesn't work. I tried. Just doesn't work. So that was my first car. I'm not going to go through every automobile that I've ever owned. But I do have some stories for you. Now, these two, well, they're both, one is a dealership and one is a tire place. I won't give you either name, but I must tell you the first story with the, with the tire. I'll just say the, the tire place. I'd gone there earlier in the week, and I had two tires put on the back. And I was said, you know what, let's, let's put two new tires on. Now, I was driving a clunker Honda Civic that I had purchased for $600. I probably put in $6,000. You hear all kinds of nightmare stories about places where you take your car, mechanics, what they do. Well, guess what? Reality hit old Jeff Stritch. Well, I was younger at this time, so I guess reality hit young Jeff Stritch. So I bring my car back on a Friday, and I walked across to a mall. Didn't get a loaner. They said it's going to take about 45 minutes or an hour to put two new tires on. Honda Civic, older. It's running, so it's in decent shape. I'm sure anybody could have found anything wrong with the car. So I walk across to this mall. I'm waiting to receive the call when the car is done. Well, there it is. Pick up the phone. The individual on the other end tells me your car is ready. And then the words he says after that, they, they echo in my head. Ugh. He says, 
Your car is ready for pickup, but there's a problem. Remember, I just went in for two new tires. And I said, oh boy, what's wrong? And it was a younger, younger gentleman, a younger kid. I could even say that because he was much younger than me at that time, which means he's still younger than me. And he says, we took your car off the lift. We were taken in the parking lot and the brake line broke. If you know anything about cars, anything having to do with brakes, the majority of the time is going to cost a lot of money. A brake line, oh boy. Katie bar the door. Yeah, we're talking 700, 800 bucks, maybe even more, depending on where you go. Well, did you ever have someone say something to you? And you, you think about what you want to say in your head, how you're going to reply. But if it's something you don't want to hear or something that angers you, you, you really don't even know what you're saying. I mean, first off, I heard screaming. Screaming next to me, and then I realized it was me. But four or five times, I think I kept saying, I don't even remember what I was saying the third or fourth times. I said, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I think the kid who worked for this tire place was tired of saying the same thing over again. So finally, I got my, I, I got my head straight. And I said, let me understand this. I went in to have two front tires put on. You put my car on the lift, put the new tires on, brought my car down off the lift, drove it 15 feet, and the brake line broke. The kid said, yes. My next words were, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I will be right there. So I darted across the mall, darted out the tire place right across the street. So when I get in there, guess what happens? The young kid who I'm sure was intimidated, not there. I get the manager behind the desk. I'm furious. I'm talking to calling my mom. I think I was dating somebody at that time, and they were calling them. I'm swearing. Now, I, I don't really like to swear when I talk to my mom, and this was like 10, 8 years ago. So even if it was rough then, but I was so angry. So I get to the tire place, and the young kid's not there, and I get somebody who, manager, somebody with authority, please. It's glorified authority. You know you're in the wrong. So the guy calms me down explaining how old the car is. And I said, yes. I told you when I brought the car in that it's old. I didn't tell you in particular what was wrong with the car. Nobody ever told me there was anything wrong with the brake line. So I don't know much about cars. I've learned over the years. But you know what's, what's the meaning? When you get, when they take you back and they point out to you what is wrong, because they're not only pointing, here, this is what's wrong with the car. They're saying, you don't know much about the car. And I'm, 
and I'm showing that I know more than you do. So I, manager walks out there with me. Car's still on the lift. He points out to me where the brake line broke. I've calmed down just, just, just a tad. Now I'm so irate. We'll say my level was at a 50. How much did I calm down? Probably a 49. So he takes me back. He points out to me and there's, I, I won't use any kind of derogatory term. I'll just say there was a mechanic back there. I could use all kinds of other adjectives but I'll, I'll be nice and I'll just say a mechanic back there. And he points out, manager just did, and he points out the problem with the brake line. And he says, could have happened anywhere. And I said, you're right. Could have happened anywhere, but it happened here. Walked out, called the general manager, said, this is ridiculous. The girl I was dating at the time, actually her company dealt with this tire place, did fleet work. If you know anything about, you know, businesses and they get cars or have their cars worked down there, I don't know. You can look it up yourselves because I'm getting fired up again. Called them, called the general manager and just spoke my piece, got it free of charge. I think they recorded me when I went back in when they fixed it because that same manager came out and he said, so you're telling me you want two tires, the brake line fixed and labor for free. I said, yes. He said, okay, got it. Took care of that. Never dealt with that tire slash car place again. Well, there's a gentleman who's a friend of mine who I talked to at a particular store. And I told him this story. He looked at me and laughed and said, I've got a story for you. Same place, not the same place, excuse me, same tire and car company, not, not the same place where I was. And I won't tell you where, because if I tell you where, and then I let it slip what the name of the place is, you're going to know. He told me he had, a, this guy told me he had a similar story, nightmare story that his wife had. So it's not just if, if you've got something bad that happens to you with a car. It's probably happened to somebody else. So in between this, there's always something wrong with the car I have. Buy it new, take it off the lot, air goes out of a tire. Because it was sitting on the lot and they never did that much you know, they never paid that much attention on it, even though they detailed it. Take it off the lot, air goes out of the tire. There's normally problems with tires that I have. There are, there are other things, but it's normally tires. Air pressure going out. It just it, it doesn't feel right. It feels like the car is listing. I know there's, what do they call it, a burrow when you drive, and, you know, it seems like the car is to one side but it's the road. So I mentioned tires because the second story that I will toss out to you is this. Hold on one second. I'm going to turn off the mic and drink some water. You won't know it because Shaggy will, will produce this well. 
So I always have a problem with tires. And again, I will not name the car dealership. So I have this car I bought used. Again, I won't tell you the model and make because it's going to indicate what dealership it is. <laughs> You're smart enough to figure that out. And I keep going back and forth and the air keeps going out of one particular tire. They think I'm crazy because I always preface thing, everything by saying, yeah, I'm an idiot. I know that I'm an idiot in real life. A lot of people think that. I'm an idiot dealing with cars, a lot of other things I don't know. There are things I do know about. There are, you'd be surprised. So I go to this dealership and I say, there's a problem with the tire. Can't you just switch the tire? No, we're going to find out what's wrong with it. We're going to find the leak. Not going to do anything. Try something with the car think they have the leak fixed pick it up drive it for two days i'm putting air in it i go back of course i'm working with the service center i explain what's wrong i said i know you think i'm nuts i think i'm nuts too but here's what's wrong with the car and i explained to them i'm the one paying 300 a month you got to deal with my complaint you got to fix it so the gentleman who I actually became friends with, not at this point, says, okay, we're going to keep the car outside. We're in the winter, cold months. We're going to keep it outside and see what happens. They keep it overnight. The next morning, waiting to hear from them. I don't hear anything. I am working at a radio station at a broadcasting school. I'm about to, I think my show was going on and you always check your phone for a text email you get and a call and look at my phone. I go, oh, is that? Look at that. okay, okay. Not even sure what I was reading. Go back to doing my job. And this is again in the morning. Later on that afternoon, mid afternoon, finally call the dealership. Have not heard. And I said, yeah, this is Jeff Stretch waiting to hear about my car. And he says, is this your car? Oh, yes. It's, you know, it gives the color and the make of the car. And he says, we took a look at it. And I said, okay. He said, we kept it outside overnight. I said, okay. He said, we even took a test drive to see how much air was coming out of the tire. They check it, they drive it on the highway, and then they, you know, they check it again. I guess that's what they did. I don't know. So I can tell that the guy was getting excited. Like, like yeah, what they did was great. So he gets excited and he goes, yeah, we took it outside on the highway. And I said, Oh, that was a good idea. The guy says, yeah, I thought it was a good idea too. So then my next words were, it's a good idea. How fast did you take it out on the highway? And he says, well, the speed limit. And I said, so 55 miles per hour. He said 55, 60. I forgot that the speed limit was 60. 
So again, he says 55 or 60. I say that's funny because at 8.52 a.m. this morning, I received a hum email telling me that somebody was driving my car 82 miles per hour. Hum is something that they check the safety. It's from Verizon, the safety of the car. They monitor things. And I get an email. That was the email I received earlier when I was working at the radio station. My car is not built to go 82 miles per hour. That's about 10 miles more than it could go. (laughs) So there I go again, irate, dealing with the service manager. Have to work out some kind of deal. Jeff will do this for you. Kind of became friends with the service people in there. But if you have a used car, no matter what happens, you got to get it checked out. You look at the Carfax or Carfox, whatever it is, all kinds of details, information you can get about a used car. It's all a crapshoot. You don't know what you're going to get. A new car, what do you think? You think things look pretty good. You think, wow, they manufactured this car. They put put it out. It's been driven a little bit. And, 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 you know, you feel good when you have a new car. Well, it's not always the case because, again, I had another tire problem. This is a different dealership. If you can imagine, I went away from the dealership that I had the problem with. Go to this next dealership, purchase a car, having problems with the tire. Yeah, you're shaking your head going you're, that he's dragging out the stories and he cannot believe that it's another tire issue. So the tire's under warranty. I take the car in and they say, okay, we're going to fix the tire. So they fix it. I get it back. Again, there's air going out of the tire. I'm filling. I go somewhere, I fill the car, fill the tire with air, go somewhere else, fill the tire with air. Call back the dealership. It's not fixed. So this is a car I just purchased. It's under warranty. They say we're going to look at it again. I have to call the home office, the headquarters of this dealership and say, here's what's going on. I just bought the car. The tires are under warranty. Can't you put another tire on? Well, finally, after doing that, I get two new tires put on. Well, that did solve the problem. But a new car is not always the answer. A used car isn't always the answer. If you are a place, a mechanic, a place that you know, fixes cars. As long as cars run, you're going to be in business because there you take a, you could take your car somewhere. They could set it up to where something breaks in 500 miles. Something breaks when you pull off the lot after paying for it. So if you have a car, you have car stories. Don't say to me that, Oh, the car I have is great. Yes, I've been driving it for years. I got it with 1,000 miles. It now is 1,020. That means you don't drive anywhere. I love to drive. I've mentioned that. So 
if I love to drive, I want the car I'm driving to function properly. And whenever I thank the dealership, I always like to throw in this. I think, you know what? They did such a good job. I'm going to bring them donuts. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll be a nice guy. And then, and then I mentioned to them what I said a few moments ago, that I'm the one paying $350 a month for the car. I shouldn't be bringing you anything. You should be working on the car because if it's not under warranty, I'm going to be paying for it. There are stories that I can go on and on about the things that have happened to me. There are people listening who know me saying, yeah, he's not lying. He's telling the truth. <laughs> you, you're with me long enough. And people look at me and go, oh, Jeff, you just, you, you don't have any luck with cars. But I need a car. Eventually, well, I think I the dealership I'm with now, I'm never going to buy another car. Actually, the company. And I will stick with the dealership too. The company and the dealership. I'm never going to go anywhere else. I like the people I'm working with. And they treat me well. You know why they treat me well? Because my sister used to work there. I said to the service manager that I talked with, do I deal with? And I said, do you treat me well because I bought the car there or because my sister worked there in a high position? He says both. I said, okay, that's all I need to know. I will continue to purchase my cars here. It sounds like I buy a car, you know, every year. That's not usually the way it works. So I gave you a stat, and then I told you all the problems, told you a couple of car stories. We all have them. Right now you're thinking to yourself, I know what he's talking about. Maybe you're rolling your eyes. Maybe, again, you're saying that your car has never had a problem. Or you've never had a car. You've driven a bus or ridden a bus your entire life. <laughs> I don't know exactly. But we need cars. We need to buy cars. People need to fix the cars. So there's always a need, a need to buy them, a need to get them fixed. So you need to find a mechanic who you trust, who doesn't you know, just charge you an arm, a leg, and then another arm, and then another leg. And that's all you got, two arms and two legs. So, you know, he, he can't take any more arms and legs. I'm sure he can take other body parts. But when you find a mechanic you trust, you stick with him. Because there are, the only time and this is, isn't even real, that we can honestly say that cars didn't mean anything were from the original film, The Day the Earth Stood Still, with Michael Rennie, who played Clyde too. Do you remember he gave the, the demonstration? He didn't want to make it dangerous, but he wanted to show the world the power that he had 
what he was capable of. Do you remember what he did? It's not the sequel with Keanu Reeves is nothing like the original, but in the original, Klaatu stopped all the cars, took all the power away from everything. It didn't affect the hospitals, but he made the cars stop. That's never going to happen, folks. That's a movie. This is real life. Cars will continue to come off the lot, meaning you purchase them off the lot. They'll continue to come off the line. And we're going to continue to buy them because we need them. Now, it's interesting because I didn't even write this down, but it just came to me that by the year, and it's going to come up quicker than you think, 2024, they will no longer sell gasoline-powered cars. They will all be electric. So let's think about this. At one point, we thought there would we would never be doing certain things in a car. Driving them. NASCAR. On speedways. Going over, you know, whatever miles per hour. So we finally get to a point where we have all these things that we put into a car. Navigation system. You got the bells. You got the whistles. You got a Tesla. Any kind of car, that your, your high-end car that you're paying a lot for. And what happens? Well, an electric car will still have those things. But it won't run on gas. So after all this time we spend making a car that's powered by gas, now we're going to shift gears. This is only in the state of California that they will no longer sell gas-powered automobiles. Everybody will be driving electric cars because the pollution is so bad in L.A. Not north, not northern California, but southern California, mostly L.A. So there you have it. (laughs) The more things change, the more they stay the same. And by that, I mean the cars change the same, well, then we're going to be purchasing electric cars. And I'm sure there will be many, many problems that come from electric cars. Again, that's only in the state of California, but always somebody, somebody has to start things. And and the only thing that's sad is the Jetsons, the cartoon, the Jetsons. Do you remember that? Flying cars. You watch the movies. You know, the movies that came out in the 50s or 60s, by 2020, they're going to be in flying cars. Well, we're not. How much longer do we have to wait before we're driving around in flying cars? Come on. 40 years, 50 years, people, you got to get on the ball. You know, what, what art imitates life, the Jetsons, a lot of people consider it animated art. Flying cars. We must get to that point because when we do, then we eliminate electric cars, who, of course, eliminated gas-powered cars. There you go. Right now, you're thinking about everything that's happened to you and your car, so you can discuss that amongst yourselves because, of course, we can't discuss that live. 
Special thanks to Shaggy and CBW Productions. He puts a lot of hard work and time into producing this show, taking out all the things that I do, talking loud, breathing heavy. (sighs) Not that way, breathing heavy, but, you know, breathing heavy, the little mistakes I make while I talk. Thank you to CBW Productions. You can listen to this on Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Google Podcasts. I may have forgotten one. You can also catch me on the podcast of Mike's and Men with my good buddies Sean and Mo. It's a great time. We we talk about a lot of funny stuff. We get serious. Sometimes we talk about things that are completely inappropriate that a lot of people think are funny. So you got to listen. I've teased you with the things we talk about. <laughs> and I know you're a regular listener and you know what I talk about. And we do have a very, very good time. The next time you listen to me or the next time you hear my voice will be the next time you listen I'm Jeff Stritch. This has been Strictly Stritch in Time. It's been a blast. I'm going to talk. You're going to listen very, very soon. Be safe. Be happy. Be proud. Peace.